at the Norm Reeves Superstores, we're thankful for you. Right now is the best time to get the super experience you deserve. Shop super prices on a super selection of vehicles at 11 convenient locations. From West Covina to the Cerritos Auto Square, Huntington Beach to the Irvine Auto Center, Vista and San Diego. You're never far from a Norm Reeves Superstore. Shop America's most popular brands. Ford, Lincoln, Hyundai, Genesis, Volkswagen, Toyota, and Honda. This holiday season, we have all your favorite new models in stock. Looking to trade? We want to buy your vehicle. Any make, any model, any year. Plus, enjoy total peace of mind with your purchase thanks to our exclusive price protection guarantee. If you can find the same new vehicle for less within five days, Norm Reeves will pay you the difference or buy your vehicle back. It's that simple. Take a test drive today at the Norm Reeves Superstore location closest to you, like the number one Honda store in the world in the Cerritos Auto Square. Or shop online anytime at normreeves.com. As for Global Honda, new vehicle sales 2022. You'll save more Hello everyone. Are you ready for some real talk? Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I got a prolonged version of a topic I talked about. I made a quick topic on my last podcast show about the two sides of the cross. Now, if you're just tuning in, hello, hey, hello, everyone. How you doing? Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. And to my night listeners, hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Real talk. Let's get into some real talk. I want to continue on a quick topic I'd done previously about the two sides of the cross. For the ones that's just tuning in and you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back to my last podcast. The topic is two sides of the cross. My recommendation for you all that's just tuning in is to please listen to that podcast and you'll know where I'm going or where I'm going to go with this one. Now, my plan was not to make a continuation on the podcast or piggyback on it because it was a quick topic. But I feel I just want to want to talk about a little more. It might take me about 20 minutes to just get into more more detail about the two sides of the cross. Now, for the ones that have not heard, like I said, and you're just tuning in, please, I'm serious. Please go back to my last podcast that I've done. You will see it. It's on the top. I think it's podcast 257, my 257th podcast called Two Sides of the Cross. Go back to there and then come back and then listen to this one because they coincide with each other. They go together. And I wasn't planning on doing another segment on the two sides of the cross. But what I want to do, I I, I look, I listen to my podcast. Then I said to myself, well, maybe I need to do a little more explaining and try to make it as plain as I can. Because this is not a Bible study or Bible teaching podcast, but it is biblically, biblically based. It is Bible based. I do use Bible concepts. It's still a podcast with the word of God in it. 
I, I talk about other events, but I always still, often I be, bring it to a Bible perspective. So when I talk about certain subjects or certain things about the Bible, it's not going to be a, uh, a detailed Bible study or Bible teaching like my other podcast, which is Connecting the Dots, which is strictly Bible study for the saved, mainly for the saved, for the believers of the body of Christ so they can they can learn, they can go, deep, go deeper into the knowledge of the truth. If you're saved, my advice is, to you if you want to learn the Bible more and you are, and you are a beginner go to Connecting the Dots Connecting the Dots which uh, you can go on Spotify and find Connecting the Dots I have other outlets as well but you can go on Spotify and find Connecting the Dots for Bible study I will be getting into a lot of controversial topics and subjects coming up soon or Connecting the Dots Lord's willing and I will have a special guest a special audio guest Trey Searcy will be my special audience guest. I will give him the floor, give him the platform, and let him do his thing when it comes to teaching the Word of God, teaching the Bible. So he will be doing some teachings on tithing. That would be three segments. Then he's going to be doing some teaching on another controversial subject, which is speaking in tongues and speaking in tongues for the church today. Then I will come back, Lord's will, and I will do a teaching on Ephesians. And I'm going to do later on a teaching on Colossians. It's going to be Bible verses. So please, when you go to this podcast and you listen to these segments and topics, they are for the saved. They are for believers mainly. You're welcome. If you're not saved, you go check them out. But spiritually, you won't spiritually you won't get the meat and the discernment because your spirit is not made alive. It has not been quickened as of yet until you get saved by believing what Jesus has done on the cross, okay? So I like to be fair and I like to get an understanding out there on that when you go into connecting the dots, okay? Now, let me digress. Back to this. The two sides of the cross. Now, if for the ones that remember, if you listen to my last podcast, I was asking a question. When you think about Jesus' crucifixion and him hung, being hung on the cross, what comes to your mind? Does joy come to your mind? Or does anger and sadness come? Or does all those type of feelings come? Joy, sadness, and anger. And I'll tell you, people look at the cross in different ways, especially the unbeliever. I also uh, mentioned when the epic movies are made about Jesus' crucifixion, it's a lot of time spent on the crucifixion of Jesus, okay? So when a lot of times, when a lot of times when the unbeliever, or even the believer, but just say the unsaved, look at epic movies. Then I mentioned Jesus of Nazareth, the King of Kings, the greatest story ever told, and the Passion of the Christ, and others. But those are mainly the ones that well know, especially the latest, the Passion of the Christ. It's a lot of emphasis put on the crucifixion. Very real, very graphic. The crucifixion of Jesus. Remember, remember, I talked about that. 
when it comes to movies. So that leaves a certain picture and a certain a photogenic picture in your head when you look at those movies. It brings sadness. It brings hurt. Okay, when you see that. Okay, that's one side of the cross. When you look at epic movies. Uh, when you hear the Bible, when you hear your preacher or your minister or your evangelist or your pastor teach about the crucifixion, you know, from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all got the a perspective of looking at the crucifixion, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. There's a lot of time and emphasis as well put on how he died how they put the nails in his hands or wrists. Historian says his wrist, some says his hands, some says his wrist. That's why I say like that. Either way it go, it was pretty graphic. How they stuck the uh how they stuck the uh the the thing in his side and water and blood came out. Okay, the spear. That's what I'm trying to say, the spear. It's pretty graphic. So they they talk uh, they put a lot of emphasis on his crucifixion and how he got before his crucifixion, not before his crucifixion, his before he went to the cross, how graphic and how how gross that it was, and it was, it was it's very graphic and very gross. We cannot comprehend what Jesus went through when he was beat badly. Like I said, the the most gross uh, depiction of Jesus getting beat and put on the cross was the passion of the Christ by Mel Gibson, director Mel Gibson. He put a lot of time on that. A lot of a lot of stuff was put in that. And Jim Cavizio went through a lot too. The actor Jim Cavizio, the one that played Jesus. I heard there was a lot of spiritual things happening with him and everything like that. I don't know. I don't have any verification of that. So, But that was his testimony. He went through a lot making that. And I can imagine so playing one of the greatest persons that ever lived, going through that crucifixion, et cetera, and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, it's, a, it's, it's often when you look at, listen to your pastor or your preacher or you look at epic uh, Bible movies up, uh, showing Jesus has been crucified and hung on the cross. It's pretty graphic, but not like the Passion of the Christ. And it, in, in reality, from what I heard, it was it was even worse than that. How they really beat Jesus and how they really just almost mutilated Jesus before they hung him on that rugged cross. But that's what the pastor spent a lot of time on and movies when it comes to that scene and everything, you know, about Jesus being crucified and put on the cross. Okay. So that's why I asked the question. Excuse me. I asked that question. <clears throat> when you look at Jesus, well, let me say this first. But remember, when Jesus died, he rose again. The resurrection. The resurrection. Now, this is the other side of the cross. What do you mean by that, Joe? When Jesus was put on the cross, his death, his burial. Now, his death, he died on the cross. Then he was buried. Now, the other side of the cross, the beginning of the New Testament, because according to the book of Hebrews, before the New Testament can take effect for Israel, 
before the New Testament for Israel, their new covenant could take effect. The testator must die according to the book of Hebrews. So Jesus died and he was rose again. So that was like the beginning of the new covenant in New Testament, not full-fledged new covenant in New Testament for Israel. I put emphasis on that, you know, on purpose for Israel. When Jesus was resurrected, the new covenant came to birth. The New Testament came to birth. It was beginning. The early stages, the the infancy of the New Testament came from the started, you know. And I talked about when Peter and John went to the tomb. Even before they went to the tomb, when they seen Jesus' body gone, when Mary came, or, or the young lady said that Jesus' body wasn't there, and he's gone, and they raced, and John beat Peter there. You know, maybe he was faster. I don't know. The Bible didn't say this. It's no, that's not important. But John beat Peter to the tomb. Now, before that, I was trying to explain, when it comes to the death, burial, and resurrection in Jesus' earthly ministry, on one side of the cross, when they was looking for their king and looking for their Messiah, they had no idea. They couldn't. They they did not understand. They still couldn't get it that he supposed to had died and was buried and rose again. He said, "Joe, no, they didn't have. They had no idea about that. Why? Because God hid hid it from them. God hid it from the disciples." about that that part right there. That's why you ever wonder, you ever wonder why Peter had to be rebuked. He said, Lord, this is not going to happen to you when Jesus was saying, this is what's going to happen. This is what the Gentiles is going to do. Gentiles meaning Romans. And anybody that's not a Jew is a Gentile, but he was specifically, specifically talking about the Romans. You ever wondered if you read your Bible, even if you look at movies, but just talk about the Bible, if you're a Bible reader, you know, that why they always doubted and why Peter tried to rebuke Jesus. When Jesus talked like that. Now, that's a sign a lot of us miss when we read the Bible because we got so bombarded and so notched up with traditional teaching that a lot of pastors, a lot of ministers don't teach on that. They miss that part. The doubt. Why did they doubt? Why did they do all that? Why did uh, Thomas say, if I see this in your hands, I have to see the prince? And stuff like that. Why did Peter burst out about Lord that it never happened to you? Blah. Why did why did Peter mainly Peter didn't speak out like that? Because the crucifixion and the burial and the resurrection was hidden from them. They did not know it. Because God kept it hidden from them. All right. The disciples, Peter and the twelve, did not know about Jesus' death burial, resurrection. Let me prove this to you before I get to my point. Let's go to Luke 18 and 31. Luke 18 and 31. Now, this is proof. So I like to uh, let the Bible speak for itself. This is proof that, and I'm like Les Feldick, one of my teachers that I listen to. 
ministers don't preach on this. Ministers and a lot of people... Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay. Then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't even know about too much about this part of the Bible. They rewrite over it. They rewrite over these verses. Very important verses. Peter and John and the disciples did not know about the uh, death, burial, resurrection. It was kept hidden from them. They did not even understand it. That's why they was so bombarded when Jesus said that. They wanted Jesus to set up the kingdom then. They was confused. I talked about that a lot of times in Connected to or whatever, but I'm going to get it. Let me read you these scriptures. Luke 18 and 31. Then Jesus, he, then he took unto him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go to Jerusalem and all things that are written by the prophets. Remember, all things that are written. Now, they should have knew that. They should have understood this. But at the same time, remember, I said God hid it from them because it was prophesied that Jesus was going to die a pretty bad death, especially in the book of Isaiah. But they missed it. It was hidden from them purposely by God. You know, and I'm getting to that later. Then he took it to them. The twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. Remember, the ones that don't understand what the Son of Man, the Son of Man is Jesus. The Son of Man shall be accomplished, for he shall be delivered to the Gentiles, which are the Romans, and he shall be mocked and spitefully entreated and spitted on. Verse 33. 33, and they shall scourge him. I mean, scourge him, I mean, they will whip him. They they use very, you, you, if you've seen the Passion of the Christ, they use uh, some really rough whips and weapons to beat Jesus with. Very gross, very, very bad. And they shall scourge him and put him to death. And the third day he shall rise. Now, listen, this is John 18, 31 to 33. Listen to 34. But they understood none of these things. And this saying was hid from them, neither knew they the things which were spoken. Now, what is this saying? When Jesus told them this, they had no idea what he was talking about. Let's go to the Living Bible, make it, make it a little, little planet in the Living Bible. Okay, this is a Living Bible translation. Talking to the 12 disciples aside, Jesus said, listen, we're going up to Jerusalem where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man will come true. 32. He will be handed over to the Romans. King James says Gentiles. Remember, I said Gentiles is the Romans. And particularly, that's who he's talking about this time. The Romans. And he will be mocked, treated shamefully and spit upon. 33. They will flog him with a whip and kill him. 
but on the third day he will rise again. Here we go in the Living Bible, more plainly, verse 34 of Luke 18. But they didn't understand any of this. They had no idea what Jesus was talking about. The significance of his words was hidden from them. Remember I said they was hidden? They was hidden from them. God hid it, and they failed to grasp what he was talking about. See, it was hidden from them. They had no idea what Jesus was talking about. Even though it was in the past scrolls, in the past scriptures from the book of Isaiah and uh, other prophets like that, they had no idea. And a lot of teachers and ministers don't even teach on this. A lot of uh, believers don't even know about these verses, even though they've been in the Bible, you know, in the Bible all the time. The disciples had no idea about the death and resurrect, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So here's the issue. When people say or mention that people were saved when Jesus was walking the earth, when he was alive, when people say, then I'm going to get back to my main topic. When people say, that the way to be saved, you can go to certain scriptures in John and they can use John 3.16 or whatever like that. They believe that we were saved by grace, correctly? You believe that we are saved by grace. Most churches believe that, not by works, but by grace, by the grace of God, God's unmerited favor. They say, yes, I believe by grace. I believe Jesus died, buried, and rose, and rose again is the way of salvation. But the issue with that and the problem with that, that's not in John. That way to be saved is not in John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Why? Because Jesus haven't died yet. Jesus was still walking. Jesus was still alive. The death, burial, resurrection, the whole redemption for the world was only explained after on the other side of the cross, through who? The Apostle Paul. Remember when I said when Peter finally understood and got it, and it was explained to him that when Jesus rose again, he understood the resurrection of Jesus. But he preached the death, burial, resurrection to the Jews as an indictment. Remember, I was saying on my last podcast, as an indictment. So Jesus' earthly kingdom ministry was being taught. Repent, believe Jesus is the Messiah, repent and be baptized in water for the remission of sins and then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That was the way to be saved, not believing in Jesus' death, burial and resurrection because that was that was hidden in God. That was only explained through the Apostle Paul. I'm gonna get to that later. So when you you cannot get saved, listen closely, listeners. You cannot be saved through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Let me say this again. Salvation does not come through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, not for the church today. That was Israel's gospel. They had to believe they that was called the kingdom gospel. Okay? Now, this is not what I'm going to teach on. So I just want to get that straight. Jesus, let's go back to the reason I'm doing this. When you look at the cross, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, what is your focus? What's the what's the, what comes to your mind? Hurt? Sadness? You feel betrayed, 
why did this have to happen to this good man that I'm looking at it as a worldly way, okay? A worldly way, okay? I'm looking at that. Now, think about that. Think about that. I'm going to find you another scripture, another verse. So let's, let's, let's do one more for the doubters that, that have uh, the doubters that don't believe one verse, even though it's right in your face. Let's go to another verse proving that they did not know about the death, burial, resurrection. Let's go to, uh, hmm, let's see here. Let's go to John, the book of John, John 20 and 8. Here's another verse that's just uh, wet your lips here. John 20 and 8. Proving again that they didn't know about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, went too far. John 20 and 8. Let's go there. I'm going to read it out of the King Jimmy and the Living Bible. All right. This is John 28. Then went in also that. Okay, let me go a little further so I can put a little context in here. Then come inside me, Peter. Let's go a little further. Let's uh, go right here. The first day of the week, this is one. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre, unto the tomb of Jesus and seat the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple. Who's the other disciple? The Bible used to calls the other disciple John, okay? When you see the term, especially in the King James Bible, that other disciple is always referring to John, okay? Whom Jesus loves and says it to him, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher or tomb, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter, therefore, went forth in that other disciple and came to the sepulcher or the tomb. And they ran both together, and the other disciple, John, outran Peter and came first to the tomb. And John stooped down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying. Yet when he not in, he went all the way that far and did not go in. I don't know because of fear or what. I don't know what it was. For some reason, John stopped. But when Peter, verse 6 says, then cometh Simon Peter, following him and went into the tomb, the sepulcher, to see us the linen clothes lying there. Verse 7, and the napkin that was about his head the napkin that was covering his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. In other words, when Jesus, before he's resurrected, uh, he, he had everything wrapped up and neatly when his body was gone, okay? Verse 8, then went in also that other disciple, which is John, which came first to the tomb, and he saw and believed. 9, listen to this, for as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Here's another verse, John 20. They did not know about him rising from the dead. They did not know the scripture. This is the King James that he must rise again from the dead. They did not know. They had no idea about the death, burial, resurrection. It was hidden from them. Let's read it out of the Living Bible. For until then, they still hadn't understood scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead and then they went home. I just wanted you to see those two scriptures for the skeptics out there so I can try to get that in your heads and get in your heart. The disciples, the twelve, did not understand and they didn't they did not know about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So getting saved that way on Jesus' earthly ministry was non existent, first of all, okay. It's non existent because they had no idea. 
it wasn't about grace then. God always saved through grace, but not like he saved today. Salvation and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John was not believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let me say this again. Salvation in the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus' earthly ministry, which is on one side of the cross, is not the way to be saved in those Gospels. You cannot get saved believing in the death, burial, resurrection because they had no idea. They had they have not never been explained to them until the other side of the cross through the Apostle Paul. So let me go back. You look at movies. You hear teachings. You go to different churches, whether it's a Catholic church or whatever, they got a lot of idols or whatever with crosses and Jesus hanging on the cross. Correct? So what an unbeliever and I'm going to do a survey on that. I'm going to do uh, ask a few people what comes to their mind when they think about Jesus, what comes to their mind when they think about the crucifixion. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get into details on that later on on another podcast. But when an unbeliever hear about Jesus, a lot of times what comes to their mind, I believe, is how he died. More than his teachings, because they don't pay attention to that too much. They always say he taught about love and love and love, and they don't they don't really understand it. But the unbeliever thinks about that gruesome crucifixion that happened. So when they look at Jesus on the cross, they don't look at Jesus' resurrection. They don't pay attention to the resurrection as much as they do of the crucifixion. A lot of people in the world, and I believe the majority of the world, has a picture of that crucifixion more than his resurrection. And, and and that's that's a reason for that as well because majority of the movies, the majority of the ministers, they preach on the crucifixion more than the resurrection. Now I'm not saying all. So what goes in most unbelievers saying and believers, they always they often more talk about his crucifixion, how he died on that cross. And the sad part sometimes seems like they leave him there on the cross. Okay. Now, I'm not saying they don't talk about the resurrection. You have programs about the resurrection and stuff like that, whether they understand it or not. But the majority, I believe, especially especially the unbelievers, they focus more on Jesus, how he died and was hung on the cross because they don't have no understanding. They're ignorant. They don't know why. They're still searching. They don't want to serve a Jesus that died like that, blah, blah, blah. They believe more him died on the cross than him being raised again, raised again for their sins. Let me say that again. I believe the majority of the people believe Jesus did die on the cross, but when it comes to his resurrection, being rose again and died for our sins, that's when they get stuck because the emphasis is more put on his crucifixion. There's more belief that he died. There's more belief that he walked the earth. There's more belief that he died on the cross. The majority of people really believe that. They might, they don't just, they don't believe he's a savior. They don't believe he's rose again, a lot of people, but they do believe there was a Jesus and he walked this earth and, you know, he was crucified because that's how the majority of the talk of Jesus and the scourge of Jesus is depicted on. It's either more depicted on his manger scene than when he was born and his crucifixion. 
when it comes to the unbelievers, you know? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't hear too much about this teaching. You might hear little quotes, but the main focus when it comes to the world, listen to me clearly now, when it comes to the role of Jesus, the main focus is like the... Uh, the, uh, his manger scene when he was born and his crucifixion, how he died. Joy when he was born, a beautiful thing, a little baby, to sadness when he was crucified. And a lot of things, Satan manipulates it so bad, most people leave Jesus on that cross. There's a gray area with his resurrection, even with some churchgoers and some believers and churchgoers. I'm just going to say churchgoers. There's a grave. So I'm talking to the unsaved now. Let me just be specific. I'm talking to the unsaved now. Now, the two sides of the cross. The two, there's two stories. There's two programs. If you want to know more about that, please, I advise you, the ones that are saved, go to Connected Dots. You, you will get further in the knowledge of the truth according to uh, 1 Timothy 2 and 4 you will get more advanced and you will learn more about the two programs. But right here in the body of Christ, we'll talk, I'm talking to the ones that's not saved. I'm talking to my, uh, my, uh, my listeners that just comes in and just, they just listening or they on the fence when it comes to salvation. When people talk about Jesus, what do you think about Jesus? What's the first thing coming to your mind? Some people might say Jesus is love. You know, or they'll think, or they'll think about it first. They'll think about it first, you know, or they'll think about what somebody else's response might be or what they heard somebody else say. But when I ask that question, when I do my survey, it's going to be, wow, what's, what do you think? And you need to be honest, even if it's down to the point that I don't believe that it was a Jesus. I don't believe that's OK. But if you being honest, what do you really think? Or you might say, I doubt that he rose again. I believe he died and was crucified, but the raising again, because a per a young man said the same thing. He believed Jesus died, you know, but he stuck on the resurrection of him coming back and saving the whole world. That's still kind of mystical to a lot of unbelievers. Okay. So those are two sides of the cross. And a lot of uh, these problems also become, you know, like I was saying, because have movies depict Jesus. They put, just say, the end of these movies, you can look at these movies and go back yourself. When they do the crucifixion scene, there's a lot of time spent on that scene, right? 
the ones that watch a lot of epic movies or any uh, Jesus movies when they're showing his how he was tortured and put on the cross. The majority of the time, especially the old epic movies, they spent more time on the crucifixion scene, more than the resurrection scene. You could see this in Jesus of Nazareth. You could see this in King of Kings. You could see this in the greatest story ever told. You could see this in the Passion of the Christ. Very short time on his resurrection and the Passion of the Christ. Now, I heard Mel Gibson supposed to make a, uh, is in process of making a Passion of the Christ too. I will go check that out. I will check it out because I just want to see where he goes with that and where he get his teaching from doesn't come from the Bible because I'm always looking for, are you coming from the Bible? Not so much the Catholic Bible, but are you coming from the Bible itself? So, but I'm, I'm not going to get into that now. So, but I will go check it out, you know, whatever. But if you notice when movies come out and they put in the, in the, in, and they uh, get to the part that get to Jesus teachings like Jesus of Nazareth and the greatest story ever told and a lot of things that he teaches. Some, some verses are scriptural and some are added in. Just put it that way. It's not all Bible. So I want you to understand for my unsaved people, when you look at those movies, unless otherwise noted, like the uh, they have a mo- uh, uh, Jesus movies, a book of Matthew, but they look all there and it's all scriptural. So that means when they talk, when they quote these scriptures verbatim, they do have some good Bible movies like that. I'd rather you watch those. But when you look at the Hollywood versions, it's a lot of ad lib and it's a lot of reading into Okay, so when they made these moves, I believe when they made these moves, they kind of look at Jesus as somewhat, you know, like Gandhi or, you know, Mother Teresa or whatever like that. A great person, a good person that helped everybody, that helped the poor, that came from the world. They looked at Jesus, and there's a lot of these times, these are not saved people that made these epic movies. So when they put those movies out there and Satan manipulates things, people think that's... People think that's the Bible. They think what they're saying comes out of the Bible. They don't know. I understand. I used to think the same thing. And many others that listen to listen to this, what I'm saying, thought the same thing. They thought it was the Bible. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? Many people thought it was the Bible. Okay, let me turn this down. Hold on a little bit. Oh, because I didn't mean to do that. Uh, hold on one second. Okay. I was listening to one of my teachers, Les Felden, and I just, out of nowhere, wanted to do this. Okay. They got it. People look at movies, the unsaved, if you're honest, and a, you, you get a lot of your knowledge about Jesus, his teachings, and his crucifixions a lot for movies or what people said about it or even the churches you go to. Correct? Correct? So that's the only knowledge a lot of you all really have about Jesus. Now, if it's not you, don't get mad. I'm talking to the ones that's just tuning in that are not saved. I'm talking to the ones that are not saved. And I'm going to let you know how to be saved. But the reason I'm talking about this is because it has been a lot of confusion. Many people and many Bible teachers and many pastors keep Jesus stuck in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, his earthly minister. Okay? 
Jesus has two programs. He has his earthly ministry for Israel, and he has his heavenly ministry for the world and Israel. Israel is with the world. Let me say this again. Jesus has two programs. He's Israel's king, Israel's Messiah. He's the body of Christ, his heavenly ministry. He's our Lord and Savior, and he's head of the body. We are the body. He's the head. Those are two different programs. Jesus being Israel's king, Jesus being Israel's Messiah, that prophesied Messiah is not the same program as Jesus being the head in the body of Christ, which is the church, mainly Gentiles, the world. You understand that? Okay, I'm trying to make it as plain as I can. When Jesus came on earth, he came for his own. Romans 58 and other, 15 and 8, excuse me, explains a lot of that. And there's other scriptures that prove that Jesus came for Israel first. The Gentiles blew it in the days of Noah. They went into disobedience. They didn't, they didn't listen to Noah. I think only eight wind up going on that boat. Blah, blah. Go past that. So Jesus made another nation through Abraham. That nation was the Jews through the lineage of Abraham. In Genesis 12 on on, the lineage to Abraham. So he built another nation. He put the Gentiles to the side. Then he went and made another nation. The reason he made this another nation, he was going to build this other nation to be prepared and get ready to go out to the, na- other, the world again. So God never gave up on the world. He never, never gave up on the Gentiles. He just used a singular nation. See, you look at the Jewish nation as singular, a nation. The Gentiles are plural. Yeah, all the other world nations. So that's why he created the Jews through Abraham to prepare them. But what happened? They disobeyed. They went into obedience. They went into obedience hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before the Messiah, their king of Messiah came. So when he stepped on the scene, they should have repented and got themselves together. Repentant means change your mind, not stop your sins, but change your mind. They needed to repent. By them not repentant, the, the leaders and all that should have knew better, but they never repented. So that's why Jesus called his followers, his true followers, Israel, the little flock. Okay? See? That's why he called them the little flock. The ones, the little flock then was the ones that followed Jesus, okay? The majority of the Israel didn't. The majority of Judea, they did not. But it was a certain group that followed Jesus, including the 12 disciples, Peter, James, John, Matthew, etc. The other disciples, they were called the little flock, okay? All right. All of this is on one side of the cross. This is Jesus' earthly ministry. Listen to me closely. He came for his own. His own was Israel. So when you read this verse and when you quote this famous verse that people think is for salvation for today, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, when you read this, I told you, yeah, Jesus came to save the whole world. Yes, he did. 
But the world at that time he was starting with was Israel. He was going to use Israel to go out to the world. At that time, he wasn't going to the world yet. Listen to closely. Because you, you got to read the verses above and the, verse, and the verses under. And if you're talking about salvation, the only way they, had, they can get saved, they have to believe in his name. Not believe what he did on his death, burial, resurrection. Why? That don't make sense. He hasn't died yet. So you can't put that in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for salvation. You understand what I'm saying? He was still alive. So Israel had to believe in his name. Israel. Not in his death, burial, resurrection, because he was still alive. See, it? see, that don't make no sense. So that's what makes the Bible so confusing to, in a lot of churches. They try to put grace, gospel, and the kingdom together, and it's going to be confusing. Okay. Well, anyway, when you read John 3.16, Jesus <clears throat> for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, not his only son, not his firstborn, but his only begotten son. He became the begotten son after his resurrection, not when he was born. His resurrection, that's another food for thought. That he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. So remember, believeth in him, not believe how he died and rose again, but believe in him. And if you read the scriptures and verses above and after and the whole John, even John 1, you will see the way to be saved for Israel was to believe that who Jesus was, that came, their Messiah, Son of God. Okay? So that's how you keep it in context. You won't get confused. Okay? Alright? So this is Jesus' earthly ministry. This is one side of the cross. But I didn't come to do a teaching on that. That you can find a lot of that teaching and connecting the dots. I know I go all about all around about, but new the unsaved, I want you to understand today to be saved is not in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you listen to me, please listen carefully. The way to be saved is not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And the focus, my understanding is hard not to do this. The focus that you have mainly when it comes to Jesus is mainly him being on that cross and how he suffered because that's the way the world put Jesus out there, him being on the cross, him suffering and dying because the, a lot of people in the world still doubt his resurrection. They really doubt how to be saved. Now, the way that's going to be explained is after Acts, going into Acts 9 because you're going to be in the Old Testament, the Old Testament, Matthew is the Old Testament. Mark is the Old Testament. Luke is the Old Testament. John is the Old Testament. The book of Galatians said Jesus was born of a woman under the law. The book of Galatians says Jesus was born in a woman, which is Mary, under the law. So Jesus came teaching the fulfillment of the law. So when you go back to the earthly ministry of Jesus, you're putting yourself right back under the law. You can't spiritualize it and make it for you today. No, it don't work like that. You can't do the Bible like you want to do it, contrary to what ministers teach you, okay, or what you heard. You cannot do that unsaved. You cannot go back to the Bible and get saved. That way you cannot put yourself back there and bring it home and just say, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow these rules. Therefore, you're putting yourself under the law and you're going to stay under the law and tell. Okay, that's one side of the cross. The other side of the cross after Acts 
7 going into Acts 9 is the grace. The way- Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. To be saved today through the Apostle Paul. Okay. Now, I'm not going to teach on that. You get that teaching and connect the dots. But I, what I will do, I wanted to just piggyback on that so you can get an explanation of the two sides of the cross. You look at it in joy or you look at it in hurt. Because I can understand you look at the pain and you look at what Jesus went through because the majority of the time, that's why a lot of ministers, the Catholic Church or whatever, they talk about the crucifixion or whatever like that. The people crowd, crying, even the saved, they cry and they whatever because what happened to Jesus? I understand that. But like I said, I believe and I don't doubt this at all. God wants us to focus on the resurrection of what he's doing today, not what he done thousands of years ago. OK, not what he done thousands of years ago. All right. I'm going to read you one more verse that you I know you never even probably even heard before. Or you just went right back. And I'm going to show you that we don't follow Jesus earthly ministry. That side of the cross. Let's go to Ephesians, not Ephesians. Let's go to Second Corinthians 5 and 19. If I can get there. Second Corinthians. Oh boy, here we go. All right. Second Corinthians 5 and 19. All right. Okay. So. A tablet is freezing up. This is one of the worst tablets I haven't had. It freezes up so much. Hold on one second here. Okay. Okay, my tablet is acting up. It's not... It's freezing up for some reason, so I'm not, oh, I'm in a place that I don't have my Bible right badly, but uh, I want you to look up 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. 2 Corinthians 5 and 19, it goes something like this. I might be misquoting it, but I'm going to put it in the latest term. It quotes something like this. I would like for you to go this yourself. Believers, if you're listening to me, to say, go to 2 Corinthians 5 and 19, and it reads something like this. We no longer follow the flesh something like that we don't we we don't no longer follow the flesh we don't no longer follow the flesh once before we used to follow Jesus in the flesh but we don't follow him no more now that's the way the king james says it could it sounds a little goofy but what is really saying we no longer follow Jesus after his earthly ministry Jesus what he done in his earthly ministry we don't follow that way no more. That's what that verse is saying. You probably never heard that before. Many believers never heard that verse or would not accept it. We used to follow. We, Paul is talking about Jews. Well, Paul said we used to. You know it wasn't a Gentiles because Jesus was a minister to the Gentiles then. He was talking about in the past when the Jews 
follow Jesus. When the Bible talks about the flesh, they're talking about Jesus' human nature when he walked on the earth. Okay, let's get this straight. He's there, the Bible talks about man when man walked on the earth. Okay? So whenever the Bible talks about the flesh, it's either talking about your 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 body or it's talking about when you was on the earth or it's talking about your human nature. So that's what Second Corinthians five nineteen is talking about. Human nature is talking about the flesh is talking about you as a human species when you walk the earth. So therefore that's why he said we you don't follow. We used to follow man and their human nature of what they done. And then it goes on to say something like, we used to follow Jesus. That's how man used to look at Jesus in the flesh or in his human nature. That's the way the 12 and all them followed Jesus then. But then it goes on to say, but we no longer follow him in the flesh. What that means is we no longer follow his earthly ministry. See, because of what Paul, I mean, God has revealed to Paul. You understand what I'm saying? So, we need to stop focusing on Jesus' earthly ministry when it comes to salvation. That don't mean you don't go. That don't mean we 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 can't go back and just look at the t- things and take a lot of principles of what he taught. So I don't want nobody to think I'm saying no. Never read the four gospels again. No, we read the whole Bible. I love those are some of my favorite books, Matthew, Mark, especially Matthew, because he's talked to him and he helps me to teach about him being as king. But the thing I know now that I don't have to obey everything in his earthly ministry. Why? Because his earthly ministry and teaches the majority of it, 95% of it is not for me anyway in the body of Christ. But what he's teaching, taught Paul in his heavenly ministry is for me. It's for the body of Christ. It's for the church. So concluding with this, I didn't come into the Bible study because I don't want to get my un- the unsaved confused. When you look at Jesus, take him out of the cross. Stop keeping him on the cross. Now, I know movies and a lot of pastors put Jesus on the cross. It seemed like they kept on there, especially Catholic Church with their idols and the teachers of this and a lot of idol worships or whatever like that. But Jesus is not on the cross. Okay. The full explanation of what happened on the cross is not explained in the four Gospels. Let me say this, this again before I go. The full explanation of why Jesus done and what happened, the full scope, is only explained on the other side of the cross after his resurrection to the Apostle Paul. So a lot of things we hear about redemption. We hear about reconciliation. We hear about our our sins are forgiven. We don't have to do no works. We're saved by faith and stuff like that. You didn't get that from the four gospels, right? You got that from the teachings of Paul. The problem is you just mixed everything together and you put in the gospel of the kingdom with the gospel of grace and people are confused. Rightly dividing is splitting them, separating them, not as a negative, but separating them, putting them in their place. Two programs, the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, Israel, the gospel of the grace of God, the church today, the body of Christ. Now, both of them is the church, but one is the past church and one is for the church today. Church just being ecclesia. That's all it means. Just mean a group of people, ecclesia, assembly. That's all that means. So the church today, the body of Christ is what we supposed to be focusing on. Jesus heavenly ministry. Same Jesus, but it's his heavenly ministry. That's the majority of the people don't focus on that side too much. They focus on when Jesus walked the earth and his crucifixion. That's why I ask these questions. That's why I named this 
two sides of the cross. The majority of the people look on the urgent ministry of Jesus on just say the not left, not is a negative, but on the left side, head of the cross, which we are not in no more. The majority of unbelievers and the church still focus on that. You can go to the majority of the churches today. They're teaching out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for salvation. Some out of ignorance and some out of stubbornness. They love the program of Israel, especially the ones that believe in replacement theology. You know, there's different groups that believe in the replacement theology, covenant theology, Calvinism. You're probably one of them, or you got that type of belief. You know, you're going to teach that way. You're going to think, in other words, you think you're Israel. You think the signs, wonders, and miracles is for you. But you know, good and well, they're not happening in your life. You never spoken another language in your life supernaturally. I ain't talking about what you learned. And you wonder why. Because they never was for us. So when you say, I don't believe those things ever happened. I don't believe they really happened for us. You correct. They never was for us. If that was the case, all these so-called ministers and prophets and the Benny Hens and all these stuff, they'd be going in churches and healing everybody. If this was, if the signs and miracles was today, they would go cleaning house and churches and everything, healing all these sick dead folks, you know, bring the dead back to life, especially all this stuff going on now. So that ought to tell you that something is not right. So what you feel and what upsets you today about church, you have a legit reason because you have been uh, hoodwinked with the baboozle, believe in all those things, it was for you today. And you need to wonder, why do it seem like they got all the gifts? Why do it seem like your, these ministers got all the powers and they the one wearing the wealthy and they so-called doing these things? And you don't. If it's for everybody. Okay? Let, let me stop before I get, get into something, you know, I'm not supposed to get into not here on this station. But I just want you to understand, your doubt is legit. I can understand that because you have been hoodwinked and bamboozled. You know, Jesus' two programs has been mixed together like gumbo. That's why a lot of things you see that's not happening, and you're upset with Jesus, you're upset with God, and you're mad because you wonder why this happened, you wonder why this happened, why the one these things are not happening, why it's not happening, happened back then in the Bible, it happened back then, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No, you're not in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It was for Israel. It never was for the Gentiles. It never was for the body, body of Christ. Signs and wonders, healings and tongues was only for Israel for a reason. Not for fun, not for game, for a reason. They didn't even have no Bible then. So that's why it was a lot of prophecies. Men spoke about things that was revealed to them because they didn't have no Bible. So they had, to, that's the only way they can communicate of what God told them. They didn't have no Bible like we got today. That's why we can go to the Bible and know what God is saying. We don't have to add nothing to it or nothing. God's word is finished in the word of God. It got finished through Paul. Okay, the word of God is finished now. That's why there's no prophecy. That's why there's no word of knowledge like it was. Then. They had to use it there because it was no written for word of God. Okay, it was not. So they had to have those signs and wonders, the supernatural ability to do those things. They didn't have no scriptures to go to like we do today. We don't need it. See? Okay. That's what I, okay, I'm getting to some Bible teaching. Sometimes I just want you to understand, but those are the two sides of the cross. Now, the way to be saved is through 
the gospel of grace through the Apostle Paul, the right side of the cross today. I'm saying the right side, not that it's better than the old, better than Jesus' earthly ministry, but again, it is because it's still Jesus is just Jesus' heavenly ministry, which he's the head. He's not the king and the Messiah. It's okay for you to say that, but he's our Lord and Savior. He's our Redeemer. The whole cross was explained through the Apostle Paul, not the Old Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So the way to be saved is not believing in John 3, 16 or who Jesus was. The way to be saved today is believe after the cross, his resurrection of what he did, his death burial resurrection according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. So new believer, you didn't get saved, you believe in Jesus' death, burial, resurrection. So your focus needs to be on what he's doing today. Not how he died, not him being on the cross, because he's not on that cross anymore. He's not on that cross anymore, over 2,000 years ago. There's life in the blood, see? That's life in the blood. Both sides got saved through the redemption of Jesus, but it was not explained whole in the whole like it has been explained to the Apostle Paul, to us, the Gentile nations. So the way to be saved is not him being on that cross and believing who he was. It's what he done. His death, burial, resurrection is the only way to be saved today. You believe that according to 1 Corinthians 15 through the 4, believe that Jesus died, buried, and rose again, what he did over who he who he was, you will be saved, period. And then you will be sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise according to the book of Ephesians. Believe the Bible, not your preacher. Now, you might say, Joe, that's cold. If your preacher is not teaching this, believe the Bible, not your preacher. Because a lot of times you doubt what your preacher say. You know you do because it contradicts what the Bible says. The Bible don't contradict what the... If the Bible contradicts what the preacher said, that means the preacher is wrong especially in the King James Bible. That means the preacher is wrong, not the Bible. It's the preacher, not the Word of God. Some people don't like using the Bible, but you know, not the Word of God. It's the preacher, okay? Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. I hope you got something out of this teaching of two sides of the cross. How do you look at it? And what do you focus on Jesus when you hear the name Jesus for the unbeliever? You don't have to stay confused. I like to use a term uh, that Trey Searcy from Truth Time Radio uses, and I'm going to steal his phrase, but I like it. <laughs> he uses this a lot. Trey Searcy, one of my teachers, uh, he uses a phrase like, you could, you could take a horse to the lake, but you can't make them drink. You could tell a person the truth, but you can't make them think. Feed on that. God bless you all. Body Christ Real Talk. Bye-bye. Love y'all. Peace out. Left out, my little baby. I love this. <laughs> okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.